1: Welcome, everybody, to episode 74 of the Green Light Podcast. We are through weekend, opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. Sadly, our Bobcats are done. Uh, but, man, shout out to Jeff Bowles, Jason Preston, Vanderplas, the rest of the crew, man. Unbelievable run. You know, they probably shouldn't have even been there. Um, I think I think a couple things. I mean, we'll just open with Creighton in Ohio. Uh, we're going to just run through the whole bracket and give everyone a big update, obviously, and our thoughts, but you know, shots just didn't go. Uh, they, they didn't shoot the ball well, all game. And I thought for the first 10 to 12 minutes, they were really defending and gaining rebounding. It was wild. You could actually see all five jerseys go defensive rebound. Mm-hmm. And for the last eight or nine minutes, of that first half, the defense just stopped. Um, now Creighton runs some really good stuff. They have some yeah. sets, and they have good players everywhere. They really struggled with that middle ball screen because yes. they were helping from different areas. Um, yeah. And when they – when Ohio subs in the freshman like Vander Plaus, like 2.0, like not nearly as good, but he, they look similar, you know? You're talking about uh, Granger? What?
0: You're talking about Granger, Colin Granger, the most yeah. animated on the bench?
1: Yes, him. He's awesome.
0: When he's they boy. sub he's him the in – We got three more years of him at least. Yeah,
1: like I think he's going to be good. He's going to improve. Fanfare. But he's he's slow in the ball screen. He's not yeah. super athletic.
0: Immediate yeah, first possession, he got in. They put him in a ball screen and threw a lob over the top, and he was like treating yep. the, tree the flat yep. It was like that's ex- that, Yeah,
1: that's exactly the play that I felt like. I was like, oh shit, like yeah. that's different. That that's way different.
0: And uh, Virginia's not running that. Like Virginia, like no, Virginia could have run that. Yeah, he didn't. Like one to give me one time where Jay Huff. And this, and obviously I was 100%, I just want to make it clear, I was 100% on Team Ohio, you know, watched it, I was in attendance, I was wearing my Ohio jersey, I was on it. When I take a step back and look at it from Virginia point of view, and I'm like, if that had been any other team, I would have been absolutely livid because they didn't take advantage of the things they could have. They did not utilize Jay Huff being seven one, the most athletic kid on the floor. They did not put him in ball screens and have Kihei really throwing him lobs. He popped every time and shot six threes and was one for six. Same with Sam Hauser, same with any of their bigs. Creighton did the opposite. I mean, Creighton was like running off staggers, getting guys floaters in the lane when they fight, which they, which early, I mean, it was tight early because they weren't getting those to drop. And then they started and then that opened when they did. And that opened things up from three and there was a barrage there at the end of the first half.
1: Yeah, especially. And then and then we didn't make anything.
0: And I really thought three throws missed open shots and they start rushing any just to get any look. Yeah, Which is frustrating, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I thought that Preston was way too passive. I think he needs to be so much more aggressive in those ball screens because they tend to be less effective when he's really looking to just pass. Now, he no. makes and, – and that's the other thing. So, one, that was huge. I thought he needed to be way more aggressive. And then, two, we had so many drops,
0: so many oh, bad man. turnovers. Skip like passes that were, like, just, like, yeah. bouncing off guys, and it, it was – it was weird because it, it was tough, and it was tough to see. Cause I thought that was the worst game, I, and not to knock Jason Preston at all, because I mean, man, oh. it, uh, it was. I thought it was the worst game he had played that I had watched this year, just because of. I thought they, I thought they allowed Creighton to speed them up, take them out. Like not that they can't play fast, yeah. But I felt like Creighton sped things up that they were just panicking. Where actually, I thought the best example, the first two possessions, when they swung it. And got Vanderplas. the first one was like a pump fake and drive and the lane was wide open. The second one was an a wide open and turned it into a three. They got that one other look in the second half. But outside of that, rather than being patient, rather than taking that and taking that one extra dribble and finding that extra man, it was like, let's find the quickest available thing, make that hard extra pass to try and get oh. it immediately rather than being patient and kind of letting the uh, letting the offense flow. Where, And I can't knock him because – Virginia didn't, like, speed – like, they, they, they were patient almost by nature of Virginia's offensive. Like, Virginia just sat down. They were pulling Preston out, but then they just – it was kind of a slow. Like, okay, let's move the ball. Let's get Roderick and McDay threes. Whereas against Creighton, it was just like boom, boom, boom. And next thing you know, they're going the other way with either a lob or a three. Yep. But yep. It was well, a tough match. And you don't know what Creighton you're going to get every night. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they've come out against – they could come out against Gonzaga – and get forty piece or they can come out against Gonzaga and literally play them tight till the end. You just don't know. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. But I, a huge shout out to the Bobcats. I mean, Saturday. I, I, Make I know we're talking about crazy so much, but Saturday night. I mean, that was oh. an incredible, incredible yep. game. <laughs> awesome <laughs> environment. Awesome environment. I mean, even there. I, I was there. I mean, five hundred people total, two fifty for two fifty Ohio, and clear in a way, Ohio like had a home court advantage. Not just most of the fans, but just the bench. That's the biggest thing I wanted to point out was their bench um, and all those players, they were basically standing in the bleachers. Those guys were jumping like the ozone, legit, like the whole time, starting chance, cheering, and they brought energy. The only two times you heard Virginia fans during that game were when they went up seven, each in the first half and the second half. Bowls calls timeout to kind of stop the bleeding, and you hear, okay, just because there's a natural, they're calling timeout, people are up and cheering. But that was the prototypical game of Virginia fans, and like obviously it was mostly parents. And you get a couple, don- you get a few donors um, that are like, "Okay, yeah, we've been here before. We're playing a double-digit seed. The last time in the NCAA tournament, we we're in, in in Minneapolis hosting a tr- or hosting the trophy with eighty thousand people there. We're in an empty gym against a fourteen seed. Like, I get why you're not excited, but the energy was there from Ohio. The energy was there from the bench, from the fans. And once they started picking up steam there, especially in the second half. And Vanderplas started knocking down those threes. Uh, so good. Unbelievable. And, and I just pray, and I think there's a good chance they could bring that entire team back next year. A very oh, good chance. Man, I hope so. The only, see, the only technical senior on the roster is Dwight Wilson. Yeah. Um, it's just tough. But the great part about it, everyone obviously gets the extra year of eligibility. He wasn't expecting to play this year, anyways. And I believe, I'm not mistaken, he's in the sport admin program. And so it's not All something right. where, like, If he wasn't expecting to be able to play this year, he was expecting going in, okay, it's a two-year program. Okay, great. Like, let's play another year. He's not like he's going to NBA. Now, Preston, obviously, there's talk about him going in the league. I don't – I think it does him – like, if you're going to be a second-round pick, I don't think he'd be a first-rounder right now unless he crushes, like, pre-draft camp or something. I think come bring the squad back, run, like, through the – mat, like, give it another run, and then I don't think he'd be any worse off next year than he would this year if he stayed. So – I'm really hopeful that they can bring, and Vanderplas a red shirt junior. So he, he'll probably, I think he graduates this year, but everyone else can be back and they only finish as the five seed in the Mac. But this team obviously clearly showed how talented they are when they're healthy, when they're complete, when they're playing with confidence, really would love to see another year at the Bobbies like that.
1: Uh, I'm right there with you, man. Also. Yeah. There's a lot of talk of Preston and I, I think what will happen is he'll get a G league spot and, and they'll see what he can do there. He's not on a draft board right
0: now. Um, so yeah. it's not a, a lot of mocks have him. There are people that are saying, like, I think it was like the hype thing, like, oh, Jason Preston, the NBA potential guard, is like a storyline thing. But if you actually walk, like, there's not a lot that have him giving that fringe ran really, at all. So, no, um, all
1: right, man, let's start with the non surprises. Um, And then we'll go through the litany of upsets that we had. But uh, non-surprises, Gonzaga, Sweet 16. Creighton, not really a surprise. You know, I I think it probably makes sense that they're there. Um, You know, USC, I actually have beating Kansas, so I don't think it's a surprise. But I think Oregon over Iowa, I think, look, the, the knock on Iowa all year has been they can score. They can't stop you. This showed
0: and up. They really did. And they had, what, two starters that scored zero points, I'm pretty sure. I believe that was uh, the case yesterday against Oregon. It's I insane. mean, the only thing I had to backtrack on in this region, I was going to say, was that first, that Creighton-UCSB game When we talk about, like, being hot or being cold and what Creighton you're going to get. Yeah. The, they – I don't know if people realize how lucky Creighton was to really sneak that one out because, one, when I was picking that game, I remember specifically the thing that – put me, I, I was on the friend. I think even recorded, I said I picked Creighton, but I, a UCSB, the reason why I ended up putting my bracket UCSB is Creighton is a 64.3% free throw shooting team. They're 329th in the country. They got fouled with like less than five seconds left. And they had a, I think 62 or 63% free throw shooter on the line and he buries both. And it's like how lucky they are to even move on. Yeah. Um, and so that I think in itself that it was unbelievable that I, I really thought UCSB played an awesome game, 63, 62. I mean, they held them to 62 points They UCSB held their own. And then obviously they're at the bottom of that bracket. I said, Iowa at first looked great. And they're against, uh, against Grand Canyon. I mean, they scored 86 points, still gave up 74. So you got a little room. You, okay. Pause. You can't be doing giving up that many points against Oregon. And they just go and give up 95 to Oregon. 95 to 80. Not even and that's and they just let Garza got 36. Like, okay, we well, let Garza beat us. Or like let Garza do his thing. We're not gonna let everyone else beat us. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. Um, USC and then I I I felt I'd to be quite honest, I fell asleep during USC last night. But almost just because <laughs> so they pulled away funny. so fast. I mean it was never really I never really thought it was close.
1: I know that that's insane. Actually I read a stat um, you, uh, Kansas's last four eliminating games in the last four tournaments um, total points is I believe seventy eight. So they've gotten smoked in their last four games that they've gotten eliminated, which is shocking.
0: But um, now we got a Pac twelve matchup. Yeah, we got USC Oregon. That's that's
1: really a huge surprise. Is how well the Pac twelve has been. And again, man, I think look, the biggest
0: theme of the tournaments. To be honest with you, I really do because everyone. No one expected the Pac-12, whether it's because of media bias, whether it's because even if you look at it, um, I usually objectively, like you look at the numbers, like
1: – They didn't have a good conference this year. They just yeah, didn't. I
0: mean, even take – I guess Ken Palm technically takes the media bias out of it, but, like, even on Ken Palm, they're the only – like, USC was up there. But, like, outside that, then Oregon 17, so you have, like, two – only two teams, and, like, now this is actually after, after they've been boosted. But I would love to go back and look like a few weeks ago, how many teams in the, from the Pac-12 were even in like the top 30 of Kimpah.
1: Yeah, no, I know that That I definitely didn't. I had USC in the Sweet 16. I didn't have Oregon beating Iowa, but awesome. not a, you know, not a huge shock. Um,
0: and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, USC, because there's a, some discrepancy about who should have won the Pac-12, like who should have won the title. One of those things where they played one more game, they played less games. So, I'm looking right now, USC finished 15 and five in the Pac 12. Oregon finished um, 14 and four. So, it's what, and then, but the difference was Oregon lost to USC 72 to 58. They only played once. Um, but I think Oregon was given the Pac 12 title because the win percentage. So, 14 and four versus 15 and five. It's so like what it really is, and I know this is I, Titus and Tate talked about it, it's like, this should just crown this This game, should really just crown the Pac 12 champion. I Why mean, not? Really, I mean, it's like, let's, and then, I mean, honestly, you get it, it, it kind of sucks. I mean, it, 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 it is a cool kind of storyline to a degree because we've talked, we would love to see Gonzaga in the Pac 12. You're going to get, as long as Gonzaga beats Creighton, you're going to get essentially the quote unquote champion of the Pac 12 versus Gonzaga to yeah. get to the final four. So yeah. cool, pretty. I like this. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that storyline. Yeah, me too. Hey hoop heads. we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game, don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code Hoopheads to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code Hoopheads to get 20% off. Um, All right, let's move down to the
1: east. So... I had Michigan, Florida state. I had Alabama versus Texas. So I got three out of the four. I think we're spot on there, right? We had those.
0: I'm glad I I picked LSU to beat St. Bonaventure. I was glad I hit on that. I actually picked LSU to beat Michigan. I mean, you Um, almost had it. it. Cam Thomas had 30. And that's what I was expecting. I just didn't expect that. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I think Will Wade's an awful coach. I like they literally play like an AAU team. I mean, he gets he puts his strong ass offers. He gets these top kids, and like Smart was good. Tre'nton Wofford didn't have a great game, um, but uh, Cam Thomas was awesome. But like they literally don't really run much. They just kind of like all right, get him the ball and go. And I just thought that honestly, like Michigan just put together a much a more complete game and they Michigan was the better team, but they needed like true, true firepower. LSU and like Cam did as much as he could, but yep. um, And yep. then Colorado beating down Georgetown. I mean, none. Of, I don't think we we saw anything like that being crazy. The fact they put up 96. Um, And then they got rolled by Florida State. Dude,
1: that's the crazy part is, is Georgetown really, look, is Colorado better than Georgetown? Yes. But they ran into an absolute buzzsaw, man. I mean, they, um, the kid Walker on Colorado makes 18 threes all year and then opens the first half five for five. He alone hit five threes in the game against Florida State. They went six for 25.
0: So, I mean, it's like,
1: listen, like sometimes it's, it's your day, you know, and it was Colorado's day against Georgetown. Um, Did any
0: Pac-12 teams lose in the first round? I don't think they did, do they?
1: I don't think so, man.
0: I really don't. Unless I'm missing something. Yeah, I think everyone, Oregon State, yeah, I mean, that's the only team, I think that, I'm pretty sure that's the only team that's out at this point of the Pac-12 team. It's just Colorado.
1: Colorado. I did not have the Oregon State. You pick. almost put
0: up a hundo on the Big East tournament champs. Like, oh, and
1: then, and now, uh, oh no, UCLA. That's right. Yeah. I did not have really? UCLA. I thought BYU was going to get it done. I looked dumb there. I, love BYU. And, I,
0: and can't, then, I can't believe UCLA. I mean, one, I one, we've always said I thought Mick Cronin was a weird hire to begin with, but like the biggest thing you know, for them is Johnny Juzang. Johnny Juzang literally went from uh, not even really playing much Kentucky transferring to UCLA, and now just – I think he's averaging like 24 a game and since like the Pac-12 tournament or something like that. Um, they held BYU to 62, which I thought was impressive. They put they, they beat down Abilene Christian.
1: Yeah, uh, they beat him by 20. Juzang had 17. I mean, played well. Now
0: we get, so now we get Mick Cronin. Um, Mick Cronin versus – you know, we talk Alabama. Uh, so Alabama made it through. Yep. Um, they beat – so Alabama, a little bit of a scare from Iona. A little, a little bit. bit of
1: Rick. A little bit. Uh, and then bit. they gave it to Maryland.
0: And then, yeah, U- Maryland U- Maryland, U- Maryland, Maryland, beating UConn. That was, I mean, that was the worst. case. I, 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 I think we both said, like, I can see UConn making a run because of book night. I could also see Maryland, like, mucking it up and making it ugly. And they did, and they prevailed. Marcel just, I mean, they held UConn to 54 points. But then it was like Alabama just ran through Maryland. Yep. Um, Alabama
1: so U- got a real shot. UCLA, Alabama. Alabama's got a real shot. I think this Michigan Florida State game is going to—that's that. Honestly, I think is the game that I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. Um,
0: I really wish Livers was healthy. I really. I know. Wish was I know. I,
1: I, I think Florida State wins, but who knows? Um, right. Right. So Florida
0: me- State has so many guys they can throw out there. I know.
1: I know. Who do
0: you think? But you think you think Alabama goes through? So you think it's like? You no, a- I got
1: Florida State going to the Final Four.
0: Oh, you do. But so you have Florida State, and then Florida State Bama right now like if you look the i look yeah I, it's it's so nate Oates and and mick and then you got Jawan and uh and coach ham um uh, yeah. wow so one of those of getting there, one of those coaches are getting their first final four yep very interesting imagine wow. if
1: it's imagine if it's oats man i hope it's uh, the other
0: one i believe yeah no one in uh, oh i guess few as a final four he's a yeah, national yeah, he's got a championship game um, he's got a championship game, but obviously not a title. Yep. Um, yeah. No, I get, and we'll touch on the others when we get over there. So we're gonna go over to the south. Yeah.
1: Let's go. Let's go to the south. Uh, not surprising. Baylor. Not surprising. Arkansas. Shocking. Oral Roberts. Shocking. <laughs> Ohio State flaming out. Uh,
0: I mean, did you watch much of that game against Ohio State? I, I didn't see much until the end.
1: I watched the entire thing. Um, I. Did it?
0: did they feel out of control? Like what I, I just, I, I don't, I didn't watch enough they, to be able to get a real feel for it. Uh,
1: no, they not out of control, man. I think um, Washington jr had about as bad an ending to a game as you can. I feel bad for him. He just couldn't buy a bucket. I did see that. That's what I watched. I just,
0: I was just more wondering like what got them to that point that, that they were even in that spot, like early in the game. Oral Roberts hanging out, but yeah, watch that. It was he had look after look after look and just couldn't get anything to drop.
1: He couldn't get anything to drop, man. And Oral Roberts, they shot the crap out of the ball, man. I mean, yeah. they made 11 threes. Um, they had two dudes who had 30. Well, actually, uh, Ab Miss had 29, but like they, they were just hot, they were just hot. And and dude, in the like everybody knows, but once it starts to get a little tight down the end, all any like edge or were the big bad Ohio any of that goes away like rapidly you know what I'm saying like any sort of mental edge you had of like hey look like we're Ohio State we're from the Big Ten like you're not even supposed to be here type deal it goes away and that went away real quick like early in the second half where once you once Oral Roberts figured out like yeah actually not only can we play but we actually think we're better. Then it was like, oh shit. There and
0: comes. this is I, there's two points I want to make about Oral Roberts, and also guess okay, a storyline. One, and and, and this kind of goes to show earlier with some of the other teams we talk about that, like really, I mean, even like Ohio, you could say this about of it really just mattering, playing your best basketball at this time of year is what matters. Whether like Ohio, like I said was the five seed, but clearly you have got everyone hyping them up, like they were like. America's Cinderella um, even before the games tipped, which is what worried me the most. And I mean, realizing taking a step back. I'm like, do you people realize like, they weren't even the top four teams in the conference? Like, great. So, But it shows how good they were and they proved that against Virginia held their own. So to bring my point up, Oral Roberts, now, Grant, on, on February 20th, so with two games left in the regular season, Oral Roberts was sitting at 11 and 10 an 8-5 in uh, in the conference within the Summit League.
1: And they yeah. won
0: out. And they beat Western Illinois twice at all. They beat North Dakota by 11 in the tournament. They beat South Dakota State 90-88 to 88 in the tournament. They beat North Dakota State 75-72. So they won their semifinal and their finals by a total of five points. Um, and, yeah, but they the had
1: thrillers. That, the last three games were all, like, thrillers, like, down to the yeah. wire.
0: Exactly. For one, their last four games have all been one possession games. Yeah. Um, so, one, that's the, I think that one, it's just the timing of like, okay, you get hot, you're playing. But, I mean, they literally, and the other thing I want to point out is you, is you perfect what you said. Once you get down there, not being scared, I, I give so much credit to Paul Mills and that stuff, the way they scheduled. Now, obviously, I think a lot of teams do schedule like that at that level. Do you know all the teams they played in the non conference? No. Missouri, so they opened up the season, 91-64 to loss at Missouri. Uh, they played a non-D1, Rogers State. They lost 85-80 to at Wichita. They lost 83-78 at Oklahoma State. So they only lost Oklahoma State and Cade by five. They played another couple non-D1s, and then they lost at Oklahoma, 79-65. And then the most important one, the last one, they lost at Arkansas, 87-76. to and now, look where we are. We get a rematch of the matchup from, uh, from December 20th against Arkansas, uh, where they lost by 11. Um, and, I mean, they're not going to be scared.
1: No. God, no. They got all the confidence
0: in the world now. There's, not, there's I'm nothing to be scared that, about now. I'm looking as a team, Arkansas – the only thing that does scare me, for, for Oral Roberts' sake, is Arkansas won by 11 – they shot 52% from the field. Arkansas in that game, they still won by 11. They went four of 24 from three. They mm-hmm. went 16.7%, and they still won by 11. Now, Oral Roberts, I'm looking at those numbers, they shot 48% from the field. They went Oral Roberts went eight of 29 from three. So not incredibly, they got 27%, not tremendously better. Um, Oral Roberts was 18 of 24 from the foul line. Uh, Arkansas was 19 of 27. Just looking out rebounded Oh, all this this is where it really honestly where the game is won you have all those misses all that they were out rebounded um 58 to 32 Damn, so that's and they will in an 11 point game honestly i think it's a little more impressive for, <laughs> for oral roberts that they're even able to keep it within within that number getting rebounded. i will, I will say point. this
1: yeah i will say this to give, and I can't even believe I'm gonna do it because I hate him. but to give Ohio State a little bit of a bump, they miss Kyle Young. No,
0: they didn't. They yeah, they did.
1: They missed him bad. Like he, he's not, he's not gonna give you 30, but he does so much for them offensively and defensively, rebounding wise, defensively yeah. wise. Like they missed him a lot. Um, and so you know, look, should you be losing to Roy Roberts? No, I feel. Be- well, first of all, we gotta talk about the e-, e. Jesus, the EJ Liddell stuff with all these psycho Ohio state fans, I mean, what's even, what's okay. For you to even do that, regardless of your fan base, I'm not here to crap on Ohio state. Everybody knows how I feel about them, but for you to even do that, you gotta be insane. Right. To even say that for you to do that with your handle, as if he were like the whole world knows who you are. Like you're, you're literally just DMing him your whole, like, dude, I thought that part was insane. Like,
0: I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm there's not really- like, this is a different level. I did I actually want to bring this up earlier. Like social media. Like I, I love Twitter. I love it. Lo- like there's just a part of it that is just so idiotic, that people, because they think they have a voice and they think people like that. They think they can say anything and they're educated on every topic, you know, whatever it may be the same thing. I'm so happy. I, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago on the pod, I to unfollow all these Virginia accounts because people are just doubting Tony Bennett and like oh wanting to be hit- and after the game, the the common theme was either deflect. There are a lot of people that are like deflecting. Oh, we only lost this game because of because of COVID. We didn't. Practice. Now, granted, Virginia didn't look like they had legs. They didn't play well, but they also like Ohio executed. Like you can't just say that. But then you the other people that are like, oh, Tony needs to force Kihei out. We can't play with two. We can't play with two uh, two point guards that can't shoot. Let alone that Kihei was a starting point guard in a national championship team. Beekman literally is a top 50 recruit that just had a game winner last week against Syracuse from three. Like, and you're telling the coach that's won multiple national coaches of the year, that's won a national title, that's won what five ACC titles, that he's wrong. And you think you're, it's, that's a a different level than the Liddell stuff. But these people that that they they, they think that they have this platform that there's no repercussions, that they're they're intelligent conversations and everything they're saying. It's beyond me. And I, I think there's great things about Twitter. I think there's awful things about Twitter. And even m- below those awful things, there are the hideous things on Twitter, which is what we saw with EJ Liddell. And it, it just makes it like times like I just – I don't even want to deal with it because like, it, it's gotten out of control.
1: Yeah, man. No, 100%. 100%. 100%.
0: Um,
1: one thing I thought was pretty surprising, switching gears a little bit, to Villanova. I mean, oh yeah. Ro- yeah, Robinson, Earl, and Moore have carried them um i did not think they were now they kind of faced a somewhat they
0: play 12 and 13 yeah but
1: they, they faced a surprising second um round opponent but i mean you play who's in front of you and you win so yeah. i i had villanova out in the first round i thought winter was going to get them Thought they were kind of vulnerable that goes yeah. to show you how much i know but I mean, um, villanova
0: just still at the end of the day i get that on the point guard i guess Archie diak no they held they, they held it down enough but they still have just so much talent. They just have yeah. so much talent. Like they're still, they're still Villanova. I picked them out in the second round because the Jay Wright either gets bounced second round or wins a national title every year. So I just tried to play the odds, and I was like, all right, they're not going to win a national title, so I'm gonna put them out second round. But I mean, credit Tim. He I think what Jay Wright said he goes, honestly, it's probably better for us that we lost that Georgetown game because that gave us like a week to practice and a week to just get right and like figure out, okay. And now, Grant, like I said, they didn't play. Now they've got to basically really jump in the fire and play Baylor um, on, on Saturday. But it probably I, – I think, yeah, maybe it was the best thing for them. Um, did they get a little lucky? Maybe. But they also probably drew, like, the toughest 12 seed. One um, of the team, I think, lost one game all year. They handled business. And um, it will be interesting. Like, I don't I – don't, I don't project them to beat Baylor, but – I mean, it's another sweet 16 on a team where you lost your like best player and starting point guard, like credit where credit is due.
1: Yep. No doubt. Um, okay. So let's shift to the Midwest. Uh, I think this was the most shocking bracket for a variety of reasons.
0: Um, I have no one left. I have no one, no one. Like I don't know really many people like, I guess, unless you pick Houston.
1: Yeah. I just have Houston in the final four. Um, So obviously nobody saw. Well, you know, maybe people did. I didn't see Illinois losing. Um, They got worked on every level. I mean, every level. They they, it didn't even it never felt like they were going to come back ever. They had bad turnovers. They didn't shoot it well. Loyola Chicago was rolling, rolling in that game. I mean, they looked fantastic. Um, I I don't know what's more surprising, them being the first one out or Oregon State. (laughs) I mean what we didn't have we haven't talked about them at
0: all at all no one i mean there's trace Tinkle's not even there anymore just wayne holding it down for the tinkle family but like um it 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 really i i remember i did say this i i remember and i'm not that i'm like any missouri valley like um aficionado and like watch all these games but i do remember saying like everyone's like all looking for this oklahoma state illinois matchup and i remember saying like I truly think that like if Loyal Chicago wins we Loyal Chicago would give them like more trouble than Oklahoma State was just because like the matchups, like Crutwig and the way they play and the dude, Crutwig
1: is just like could there be more of an example of someone who walks on the floor and your immediate reaction is, I'm gonna give this dude buckets and then he drops 20 on your
0: head? Cool. Unbelievable. I mean, he's he was a starter as a freshman on that team. I loved him on that national championship team. Um, and like he just stayed the course. I think they only have two guys left from that, so it's not really the it's not by no means the same team from their um, 18. Uh, yeah, it's 18 Final Four. Uh, but um, I mean, they play really good stuff. Porter Moser is definitely going to get a big time job after this. If uh, if I mean if he wasn't already, I think this just obviously solidified that. Um, but I'm going to credit this, and we've talked about this offline in text. I'm credit to one thing, and well. I'll give it – credit where credit is due. Loyola Chicago outplayed them, outclassed them. The real root of this game, Paul, it comes down to Io One thing happened. One thing. And I knew it. I texted you as soon as I saw it. This man, after they won the Big Ten championship, he recreated the Kobe Bryant uh, basically like in the shower holding the NBA Finals trophy with the leather like – it's like a nascar type leather jacket on over him with the big 10 championship he recreated took it from two different angles stage photo and i immediately saw that and i said that is awful juju that's going to come back to haunt him. because if that was your goal if your goal was to win the big 10 actually if your it was the big 10 title great we know that was not their goal job's not over you can do that when you attend your done. national title. You can do it with the NABC trophy. You can do it with the wooden NCAA trophy. You got plenty of trophies to do that with. I mean, not to diminish the Big Ten tournament, but I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing?
1: I actually I, I actually love the photos.
0: I love <laughs> it. No, it's a great photo. I just don't you can't do that as you're going into the NCAA tournament. Like I loved it. I loved it. I, I love the photo. Um, and then while last thing on, on Illinois, and I forgot to, I wanted to bring this up to you. And I told you, I texted you yesterday. I've got a hot take and I, I have a very, very hot take. And I, I want to get your opinion. You I want to get your, your opinion, opinion on it. Take. I, I want to get your opinion on it because I want my thing. I have no problem with obviously, you know, and this is by no means, I just want to preface this. I am not by any means trying to defend John gross or trying to say John gross did a great job at Illinois or anything like that. I think, one, Illinois fans, I and mean, this goes back to Twitter, I think Illinois fans are some of the most unrealistic in college basketball. I think that the team – not the, the team know, is over – I'm, old, but I'm I,
1: close. And I don't even know if I'm close enough to the Illinois fan base to really not.
0: I think I, – I, well, I, I did follow them a little bit. Obviously, when Gross was there, I followed some guys. But I just – I just see things on Twitter, and I just I, – I, they think that they are – I'm trying to think what – because it's tough because the Big Ten hasn't won any titles in uh, – a long time. I think Illinois thinks that they are like, they're still living in like Darren Williams, Luther Head, like, like, where like they should be a top 10 program or top 15 program every year, which maybe like, once again, I feel like we talk every time about expectations. Yeah. This is my, this is, I, I don't know, I need to write this down because this is like, look at these numbers, but to give you an idea. So I just want to put it in perspective. They all, everyone was very, very hyped on Brad Underwood, and and great. He's done a great job. He's he's gotten them back to relevance. They've won um, a Big Ten tournament now, and they were a one seed, and they lost in the second round. I just want to put this set this precedent for you. John Gross lasted at Illinois for five years, five seasons, 23 and 13, 20 and 15, 19 and 14, 15 and 19, 18 and 14. He had one losing season, won at least 18 games every year. Now, but. The big caveat here, and really the reason why I got fired only one NCAA tournament and only one win, which was in his first year. Um, they lost, I think, in the second round to Miami, um, and then they went to three NITs. Um, and really not great. But his overall record in five years was 95 and 75 with one NCAA tournament win.
1: To it's not horrible. It's not what they want, but it's not horrible. Yeah.
0: So let's write this out. So 95 and 75, um, and I'm just putting this down so, so he knows. Now I go to, now we pivot to Brad Underwood. Now you can make an argument, I guess. You can say, oh, well, he was using, he had Gross's players that you can't credit. Like his first two seasons, like he didn't have his own players, blah. Well, uh, you can also make the same argument. there's a reason that um, Bruce Weber got fired at Illinois and Gross didn't have his players then. So like, I, I don't know if you can completely, uh, but in, so Brad Underwood has now been there four years, 14 and 18, 12 and 21. 21 and 10, 24 and 7 with one tournament win. So he is 71 and 56 with one tournament win in four years. Now, we're being fair. That's a 559 winning percentage for Underwood, and a uh, let's look in there for for John Gross is a um, 60. Oh no, sorry, excuse me. 559, 559 for Gross and. Uh, I mean, it's it's a bad. It's a bad radio close. here. It's very, very close. Uh, but I am. I think in one tournament win. My problem is too. Now with this is if we're going to be fair. So Brad Underwood, they lose Kofi. They lose Io. They lose Trent Frazier. They lose um Will Monte Williams, I believe, which were gross recruit. Both those guys were actually gross recruits. They lose basically four of their main guys. They get the Curbelo and a couple of his back. They don't have a loaded recruiting class by any means. They're not like a top twenty-five anything like that. What do you think Brad Underwood's salary is, Paul? Uh,
1: it's something absurd. Let's go four point eight.
0: Close well, three three point four. Three point uh, four. John Gross, when he got fired up, was making one point four.
1: Damn. So,
0: this is my thing, and this is I. And I'm not trying to say that like it was a bad mistake. Right? It, it's about it's honestly it's once again it's, it's it's temporary Thank expectations you. and tempering results of. Great. Yeah. Illinois is in a better pro or probably a better spot after four years of Brad Underwood and four years after John Gross. Sure. Are you confident that no, that next year, like Illinois is going to get back to where they are now by no means. I don't think so at all. They have two good players coming back, but they lose their two best and two other like starters essentially. And I really think- no, they have the same amount of tournament wins and the same amount of, um, and the same amount of uh, of uh, basically a winning percentage, almost similar like a...
1: winning percentage. I think well, I you're paying I mean,
0: two million dollars more per year.
1: Yeah, I think for me, perception is reality, and Gross never had this type of year in terms of right. national recognition. He yep. never beat Duke early on in the season, even though that turned out to mean nothing. Um, so this year felt different for Illinois than it really has in the past decade. Right. We, we haven't talked about Illinois as much as, I mean, never, never. Yeah. So I, I you know, again, but that's perception because look, they lost in the first round or second round. So it doesn't really matter. Right. But, but the perception was, wow, Illinois turned the corner. Wow. Illinois is really good. Wow. Illinois, this Illinois, that. And now just yeah, like yeah. you said, they're going to lose for their top, you know, six players and who knows yeah. how they are next year. Yeah. Uh and yeah. that's, that, oh, so
0: that, to, to line it up exactly if you're gonna say four and four at the exact four point, which a lot of people wanted gross fired, it was it's 77 and 61 for gross versus 71 and 56 for underwood. Now, and I the last caveat I'll put in obviously they didn't have a tournament last year, they could have easily made a run, like won some games, whatever it was last year. Yeah. Um, but once again, gross won six more games lost five more games they played more games because they went in the nit a bunch of those times yep. um but my point is like yeah like i guess i'm, I'm happy if you're if, if you're an illinois fan i guess with the direction of the program but at the same time like it, it, it couldn't be any more polar opposite after year four of john gross and year four of brad underwood when like are you truly truly this was their time to win it or time to really like make a run because now like i said if you it you don't have as good recruits coming in next year you lose a ton it takes time then to rebuild back and now you're at year six you're at year seven like may paying a guy three and a half million dollars a year i don't want to crush bad underwood but i do i just think that it's like it, you're 100 right Perception's is reality and i think the perception is he's done a way better job at illinois than than uh than, than like anyway. gross
1: has. The, the, the numbers uh, of just pure wins are pretty crazy because pretty everybody thought that gross was doing a horrible job and he really wasn't yeah. um sorry to go on an illinois team oh no, no it's a good rant just so just, that's so i just
0: came across that i couldn't believe the numbers when i saw
1: yeah the last thing i wanted to touch on was uh ruckers was a uh harper oh. jr three away from going to overtime with huge that hurt my
0: heart man yeah. I really yelling for pike
1: actually the last two things. Yeah. We were pumped. I mean, listen, man, they got a win. They beat Clemson. Good for them. Um, back in the tournament for, for the first time in forever. Um, first tournament win for the first time in forever. Give that man an extension um, and let's make, you know, Piscataway, New Jersey, you know, the the king of New York basketball in terms of they
0: 10 in the second half. I know. This I know. Honestly, like, I like geo turns it over at the end um, then they but give up a 10 offense. and one.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was so brutal! My God, like, oh, so what are bad. the chances?
0: Yes. What yeah. are the chances? But I mean, I I like. I mean, I love. I love what Michael's done. I love team. Like, does he take? Like, how much longer does he stay at Rutgers? Does he get a big job? Like. I don't you know, man. Stay at rockers and keep well, going. You know what?
1: Let's let's that's a perfect transition. I don't even I'm so upset for not picking the damn two three zone to get to the sweet sixteen. It's like every freaking time I don't pick it, they do it.
0: Buddy is Buddy absolutely on fuego, in fuego. Yeah,
1: Buddy Boeheim is absolutely in fuego. Um, all right, let's, the last thing we want to talk about tonight is coaching changes. So let's start with some big ones that we didn't get to talk about last time because as soon as we've stopped recording, Marquette fired Wojciechowski. <laughs> um, not shocking um, by any means. But, was it
0: one tournament in his, I think, what have you been there, five years, I think?
1: Yeah, five or six, you know, and just never, I, you know, look, I think the writing was on the wall after the huge, uh, both Hauser uh, guys transfer, um, that was huge, I mean, imagine him having both of them this year, it would have been ridiculous.
0: Now, I mean, they, don't really, they had some good team with both, how ha- well, with the Hausers, I guess Joey wasn't there with Rousey, but Marcus Howard, the Hausers, Andrew Rousey, um, they never played any defense, but...
1: They've had – yeah, he's had good teams. He's had good players. He's done a good job recruiting. Just couldn't really ever put it all together, I guess, you know. And so then, that's I'm not gonna... trying to pull
0: Brad Underwood back in this again, but it's like one thing. It's like, okay, Howard is gone. The houses are gone. They reload. Like, it's not there. With Illinois, it's like Io's gone. Uh, Kofi's gone. Frazier's gone. These guys like, is this – and I'm not saying Brad Underwood's going to be fired like two years, but it's that same thing. If you don't capitalize when you have that window, then yep. things can change in a heartbeat.
1: Yep, and that's no what doubt. Happened a bit. No doubt. So that that's going to be an interesting hire. That's definitely going to have a domino
0: effect. Um, seven years. Seven years. It was.
1: Does Archie Miller go after that? You know, uh, maybe.
0: Um, does, the, the team that we does, didn't talk about. I don't know how we missed this in the bracket. Uh, does Texas head coach Shaka Smart go after that? After Marquette. Apparently, the rumors were when it opened the first time seven years ago, he was very heavily involved and was talking to that. My thing is, like, if you're Texas, like, one, if you're a Texas AD, like, I think losing to an in state team in Abilene Christian really hurts, um, like all the good faith that you built for yourself by winning the, the Big 12. I'm not saying it negates it, but it's tough. Um, you try and get out of town and get one of these better jobs, like, so you don't end up like Archie Miller. And, like, I, I don't know, like, it's that's one of those things.
1: That's a tough one. The, the Indiana and Marquette and then Minnesota, which we'll talk about to me were the three biggest dominoes, but Minnesota really didn't set anything off. You know, Patino was unemployed for about 12 hours. Um, he fly, he flies his family to New Mexico. So he's good. Uh, and then to, I think it literally happened earlier. No, yesterday, right. They hire Ben Johnson who was at Minnesota yeah. for a couple of years, goes to Xavier as an assistant. And now he comes back. Um, a lot of reasons why everyone is super confident in this is, you know, he's a Minnesota guy, you know, and he's has unbelievable relationships with all of the coaches there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe he really does some damage because what we've always continued to talk about with Minnesota is they just never get their in-state talent ever.
0: Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I mean, you, they, they've had good players. They, they don't have the elite ones. Like they had Amir Coffee. And yeah. they've had some guys – like, they've had a few. They had 0 Like, you have to keep those. Like, the problem is it's the the Jalen Suggs. It's the um, Gary Trent Juniors. Yep. It's the – yeah, the Hurts. And, well, the Matthew Hurt and the other – you grab you have to get both Hurts. And then the um, – well, I'm literally blank. And then uh, – oh, and then Tyus and Trey. I mean, that's it's, a tough one. Yeah. But, like, you have elite, elite talent. It's a top – you can make the argument it's a top five basketball state in the country right now. You can definitely make the argument. You can, you that it's in the conversation. So you have to keep that now. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, Ben Johnson doesn't I mean, have any head coaching experience. I've heard really good things. He's a really nice guy. Um, we can put a good staff together and, and they have awesome facilities. They should be able to win. You should be able to win there. Hopefully it's, it's a tough conference, but, um, once again, as, Hopefully the fans give him realistic expectations and give him that time to ramp back up. Yeah. The the last
1: one I wanted to talk about was UNLV and how quickly they promoted uh, Kruger, who was there. Uh, You know, rarely do you fire the head coach and then promote.
0: They didn't fire. fire. They didn't fire him. Otselberger went to. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's right. But it was like
0: it. it, People were like throwing Patino out there. People throwing a lot of names. And then kind of out of left field, it was like, oh, we're going to promote from within.
1: Yeah, that's right. I forgot he went to Iowa State. Yeah. The uh, one thing,
0: I, I just want to circle back. I know we talked with Marquette before. It got, is I know I threw shock out there. One, there's five names I was reading his article. And it's through Porter Moser out there. Like, is that, that big enough? For, for, for where? For Marquette. Oh, okay. There's two. There's three, I thought, three interesting names that I think have, not, that haven't been on our radar. But we've talked a lot about on the show that, like, I don't think initially stick out in your mind. One, um, I was like, yeah, Porter Moser. there. Two, um, Wes Miller. Does Wes Miller, is Marquette, do you take Marquette? to Then hopefully, the rumor has been he just wants UNC so bad. Are you going to be able to get UNC when Roy retires directly from UNCG? Or do you take Marquette, hope that you do well, and then turn that into UNC? No,
1: I don't think he can get it from UNCG.
0: Now, um, last name, which I think actually would be really interesting hire we talked about recently, Dennis Gates. Dennis Gates, a good hire at Marquette, a hell of a recruiter, a yeah. guy that turned Cleveland State from absolute loser in the Horizon League into a really solid program. Uh, or no, champion. Like a, I know it's not really solid, but they won in what year two. Um, I guess he was a G. He started his career as a G.A. under Tom Green at Marquette. Um and also, and what I, do is we're finally seeing a lot of African Americans hired in this hiring cycle as well. Uh, you awesome. see a lot of those. There's an emphasis out there, which, as there okay. should be, like it's it's as we've thought it's completely disproportionate in terms of like white coaches and yep. athletes. Um, and, and so it's awesome to see like some of these guys get jobs. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, that that helps. Gates in, is a
1: good one. I, is that was that an article that came out and
0: mentioned him? uh recently yeah um i was just it, it would i mean it's a it not like a reputable site I, mean, it was, I think it was like a fan-sided like college basketball blog um but gates gates pretty, may
1: have his pick at all the mid-majors too i mean I awesome mean, well would, would he go to college at charleston why not that's an upgrade from cleveland state talk about living upgrade let alone
0: i guess yeah i think but i think he's done up that yeah he can i, I think don't, I don't, I don't,
1: but if he doesn't
0: yeah, I, I, for, in my opinion, it's a little, that's a little more of a lateral move. Where I think he can make a bigger jump, but yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see because I, I, that is, I mean, pops up. Um, the one that I think was, um, the, or one of the most interesting things about all this, and I don't know if people realize, with Ben Johnson getting Minnesota, is that um, he interviewed for Northern Illinois a couple weeks ago and didn't get it. He they uh, hired Berno. They went to Rashawn Berno. And now, just because obviously the play, you're a former player, I, former assistant, I, and you get Minnesota, like Northern Illinois, Minnesota. Unbelievable. Not great jobs in either of those conferences, but there's one that's way better than the other if you're comparing uh, uh, if you're comparing the two jobs to each other. So, I mean, good for him. I'm trying to think what else is out there. There's not really any big, big one. Indiana, the um, yeah. main that's been out a lot. The one the two surprising ones was a Thad Mata, and then um, that Mata was from, there in his uh, his Jesus moccasin sandals. It was that I will say, and uh, he was it was a little odd to me and kind of lined up that Thad was at the Ohio Virginia game on Friday or Saturday sitting right next to Ben Vanderplas's dad who they showed 200 Yo, times. On oh Euro, my god, they could not no show men- that
1: dude enough, but no
0: mention of him in the building. And I was like, did he ask Tia, like, please don't show me or whatever it is? They did show him at Butler, and they made the very Oh, he goes to he played here, he coached here. But I thought it was like, is he? Are they not showing him because they don't want it to get out that maybe he was in Indiana? He was interviewing. Now, like obviously, Bowles is like one of his guys. But it was weird that like literally it was guys pretty much sitting across the aisle from the father they're showing a million times on TV. Yeah. And then a day later, it comes out that he basically interviewed It was one of like essentially the finals and the lead candidates to get Indiana. Do you like? Would you like that hire at all? I don't,
1: you know, I just, I just think it's a weird one. I, it, it almost feels safe, but like ultra conservative at the same time. Like let's go get a guy who has one in this league, but also has been chilling in Florida for two years,
0: three years. Uh, yeah, he's been chilling in Indy. He's been chilling in Indy. That's the difference, <laughs> but that's what's odd. It's like, he, I mean, this is, he would hundred percent take this. He has interviewed, he interviewed like Georgia and interviewed a couple others. This obviously he would clearly take, the thing that's weird for me about it is like, you just fired his protege, like, like yeah, one of it. Like you hired Archie, and you look at it like, obviously, like, it makes sense for like geographical, historical. He's recruited all these guys: Odin, Conley, DaQuan. Obviously, Illinois, like Evan Turner being from Chicago, he had success. But then you also look at all these assistants that he like, that he had that helped him recruit. Helped Bill is like John Gross is now a head coach. Jeff Bull's is a head coach. Archie Miller is a head coach. Chris Holtman, head coach, like all these people that are like on that tree. It's like he's not going to be able. It's not like he's going to be able to get the band back together. He's right. going to have to find new coaches, new guys like build a staff. Now, does he? And not insinuating his health. The one thing it's been is like his health hasn't been great. So you need guys that are going to be grind grinder recruiters like the John Grosses and the Archie Millers and the Jeff Bowles. Jeff yep. Bowles is like Gross brought in those guys in the Conley class. Um, Bowles brought in uh, Jared Sollinger. Bowles brought in uh, D'Angelo Russell. Like, obviously, Thad played a part in that. But you got to have – like, if you do hire Thad, one, I think you got to have his former, like, Indiana player to appease the fan base and, like, an Indiana guy. And then you got to have two, like, high-energy, high-level recruiters that will grind and get you your players.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't love it. I think there are existing coaches out there right now that are better – I don't know. I mean, the, listen, college basketball puts an absolute premium on being in it, you know, puts a premium on it. Like it's hard. Now, look, he's he's kind of probably above that because he's been head coach for so long and has had so much success. So you he does have the ability to be out for a couple of years and get, get back in. But I don't know, man, I, I just think it, that would be like. a We don't if they hire him, I, I view it as we don't love what we have option wise and we don't want to risk it. So let's make a safe hire. Maybe he can get us back to some sort of relevancy and then he'll retire in six, seven years and be done with it. And then we'll hire another, I don't know, but that's how I would look at it.
0: Last question on it, right now, if you had to pick one, B line or Thad?
1: Oh, B line.
0: B line. So this is why I think so interesting about this. You say B line no matter what, and you're talking, Oh, it's a few years of retire. John B line is 68. That mod is fifty three. Oh my God! That mod is fifty three. That mod is fifty three years old. I was gonna let you go for a while and see like got, he's only fifty three, man. He's only fifty three, bro. I'm
1: listen. If I look like that at fifty three. End it. Oh, do you want to walk anything
0: back? Or are you still going to stick to like that?
1: Be, Beeline looks so much better than this dude.
0: There's a 15 year age gap between those two gentlemen.
1: Yo, I thought that model was 67 and was getting.
0: We've got our audio clip for social media. It's Paul's I, reaction. To I thought that model was,
1: Mata was receiving AARP discounts and could go to the movie theater for free.
0: His daughters are like 22 and 21. They're like seniors in college. Bro. 53 cuts. Are you sure? Dog, I'm reading it. He was born July 11th, 1967. Yes. So, I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, he coached, he got an assistant job as soon as he was done playing. Like, he played at Butler until 1990, and then, um, and then as an Indiana State assistant, 90 to 91, Butler assistant, 91 to 94. He got his first head job as Butler in 2000. So, at 33 three years old, he got his first head job, killed it there for two years, only there 2001. Xavier, 01 to 04. And then he got Ohio State in 2004. So he got that when he was 37 years old. That's and he was there 13 years. And I mean, this game, game and 13, This game. two final good. fours, two A-10 tournaments, two A-10 five Big Ten regular seasons, four Big Ten tournaments. And he's 53, man.
1: Not that that's young, like
0: Jim Jim Christian is only like a year or two older, and he's thinking about hanging up, apparently. So yeah,
1: Jim Christian also like looks pretty good.
0: Man, Thad is 50. And think what so Thad's been gone since was it oh, 2017?
1: What? That's nuts.
0: So four years ago when he was fired, yeah. That's or, four that part years, ways. That he like he was, was 49, and people <laughs> were th- like, but that's just what I think when you stay at a school, so like I mean, I'm curious, like, I mean, Mike Bray, like, has been at Notre Dame forever. Forever. Um,
1: yeah, the, the people calling for his head are, are dumb, too. You know. But like, how old like, is, like, Mike Bray
0: is 62. I uh, yeah, he's I would have
1: said, said 55.
0: Yeah, I mean. I guess I'm not great. You like, I would never expect there to be that much of a gap. But no. that's why I think they're, like, your reaction exactly is why. Is everyone thinks that Thad was just done, yeah. Not realizing that Thad was fired or let go or passed at only 49 years old. Now, granted, he could easily pack it up and go home, like never coach again. He could
1: go just I like be he like helps. a scout for the league if he really wanted to. Um, damn. Yeah, there there is our clip. Um, all right. Well, mm-hmm. next time we chat, we will have a Final Four.
0: Which it's weird this year because now the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. It's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's like we don't have basketball again until Saturday, but rest up and get prepare for some games. Are you still confident that Gonzaga will win it? after everything yeah. nothing nothing changed i think the uncertainty like i think we could get a crazy other three teams like i think or we might see like we're gonna see, see a weird one
1: more. or like yeah. yeah we may see a weird one like you one. could you, I
0: honestly you we could see like Gonzaga I don't wanna say you see like huge but you could see like Gonzaga oh, wow. Alabama you could see like Loyola Chicago and like Arkansas, like you can get a weird looking, like kind of like Final Four that's very non-traditional, but I don't think I, I just truly can't I'm looking at their path, especially. Maybe this we this could be an old take suppose if there happens. I don't see Creighton beating them. I don't see USC or Oregon beating them. I don't see anyone on the other side of the breath. I don't see any I, Michigan I, who who's left? The only who's the team that give them the best the best shot? Baylor? And once again, so we yeah. said in the start. I'm more confident about Gonzaga beating them and barely even getting there so
1: mentally I am uh, at November 26th whenever Gonzaga plays Duke uh, like game three of the season mentally that's where I am that's where I'm at mentally. I am on to 21-22 I am ready for UNC Kentucky Kansas Duke to be powerhouses I'm ready I'm ready You know what I
0: mean. Um, Got to let the Drew Timmy tour finish out first, and then we'll get to that spot. Yeah, I'm just, I'm actually now that my teams are out, I'm just kind of sitting back, and I'm gonna appreciate greatness and Drew Timmy's mustache and his uh, post-game or post, uh, post footwork. So
1: he's he's fantastic. Um, alright, well, next time we chat, we'll be in the final four. Until then, keep the ball bouncing. Lately I've been feeling like this what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup of pulls. Lus up next, and I got this.
0: Crazy like Brittany in the love, so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking twelve shots like where the cops is. Come on.